This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome back to the 90 Day Fiance Rahapa podcast, where every week we get together and we dissect the mess that is 90 Day Fiance. This week we'll be talking about 90 Day Fiance Season 3, Episode 3 of 90 Day Fiance The Other Way. Uh, welcome aboard the Hot Mess Express. I am your conductor and host, Huya Zan Bikili, ready to break down all of the nonsense. Now, today I'm joined by an amazing guest. He is making his debut on the 90 day scene. You can hear him often. Well, first of all, you can find him on Twitter, giving you all the memes, all the goodness. And then you can also find him co-hosting the hot dummies on an island podcast. That is the love island wrap up and also talking about the challenge over on the Dom and Colin network. It is Brian Scally. Scally, how are you doing today? Hello, hello. I am good. Um, I have a bone to pick with you because I think you got me invested in another two hour a week show. Um, so that <laughs> is something, but I am good. I am excited to talk about 90 Day Fiance the other way. Uh, it is something that I had put off for quite some time getting invested in. Feel like it is one of my blind spots in the reality TV realm, but I'm very happy with where I have decided to jump in here. This is perfect. I first of all, I'm sorry. Uh, second of all, I'm not sorry because it's it's always a, it's it's one of those shows where I feel like a lot of the shows we watch, it's analytical, it's strategic. There's like physical components. This is just people being dumb, and we get to pass mm-hmm. judgment. I always say that like. The middle ground of reality TV doesn't work for me. I want something that is like strategic, highbrow, or a mess. And I think we know where this falls in. It doesn't fall in that middle ground. It satisfies one of my two requirements. That's perfect. Yeah, man. And um, obviously, you're coming in on the 90 Day Fiance the other way. So that means you've watched three episodes of the show now. What's your overarching thoughts on the franchise as a whole? So I like it. It's something that even though I have never sat down and watched a full episode, I've listened to you and Rob talk about it for a while. You talk about it for even longer. Um, but, and I had known just like certain couples in passing, like Jenny, for some reason just stands out. Like I knew this face. So there's a few faces that have just, uh, permeated the consciousness, uh, even though I had not watched. So I am definitely enjoying my first taste of 90 day fiance. It's something that I can and pretty much always knew that I could pretty easily get invested in and uh, excited to delve deeper. 
Oh, yeah. I love that. I love that. Okay. So let's just dive in. Episode three, start talking about these couples. But let's start from the bottom, meaning the last thing we saw in the episode proper. Let's go to Corey and Evelyn here and uh, talk about what they went through this episode. They had a big bombshell reveal at the end, but um, we'll get there when we get there. So Corey and Evelyn, last we saw them, you know, they're talking about getting married. Uh, Evelyn mentions that she's going to get married to her family. Her sister's not so interested in hearing this. Now, the sisters are brought over to help her plan the wedding. And Corey has a surprise for her, Scally. Oh, quite the surprise. Uh, first of all, I love Leslie's energy. I wish we got uh, more focus on both sisters, but I feel like maybe they don't have faith in us to remember so many characters across all of the stories. So Leslie is the figurehead for uh, the two sisters not really loving Corey so much and, uh, you know, not helping himself at all showing up with uh, a dress that he has decided to present here. Yeah, so Corey, in his infinite wisdom, decides, I want to surprise Evelyn with something. I want to get some favor back. I want to do something nice for her. And we find out that Corey has hidden a dress from her in their house for the last year and is going to present this dress as an option for the wedding. Now, the important note here is that Evelyn was showing some wedding photos, wedding dress photos to her sisters. And Corey came in and immediately was like, how much are these? What's the cost? So he had this hidden in his back pocket. He presents a dress to her. Okay. So he undoes this dress. It's like a white dress with gold sequins on it, gold pattern on it. So Evelyn looks at this dress, examines the dress and then goes, this is a dirty dress. I don't <laughs> like this dress. And then Leslie um, jokes about how, is it a prom dress? And I thought, well, that's stupid, Leslie. No offense, but I it's not a prom dress. I, I wouldn't think it's a prom dress. I would hope it's not a prom dress. Corey, tell me it's not a prom dress. It's a prom dress. <laughs> and it's not just any prom dress. This prom dress belongs to Corey's sister. There were so many layers in this that made me cringe every single time where first he's like, I already bought her a dress. I was like, oh, no, bad decision. Don't do that. Why would you not consult her? And then it's like, oh, I actually have had it for a year. I was like, oh, that's worse. Like, why is this happening? Why did you just go out and get a dress where she is insisting? I have no interest in getting married. But you know what I should do? I should store a wedding dress. And then it's dirty. And then, oh, actually, he went shopping with his mom without telling her. Oh, and then it's a prom dress. Oh, and then it's his sister's prom dress so uh yeah this was so many problems that kept piling up as he was telling the story yeah it was an odd odd journey we took with him that we didn't really want to take but we had no choice because he went prom uh, prom dress shopping oops uh wedding dress shopping with his mom back in the states because his idea was well the dresses are going to be cheaper here and then he was like oh no these are expensive then they went to a used dress shop and he said oh those are still expensive and then he asked his sister, hey, do you have a prom dress or something I can take? And she gives him this. It is insane. If he thinks used dress shop, there was too low. What was your budget? Four dollars? Like, what do you mean? It was nothing. <laughs> like, that is ridiculous notion to me. I'm pretty sure you could have found something. And then, like, it's just I don't there's a little weird to me that it's it's not just a dress that he picked that's like meant to be a prom, but it's his sister's dress that now his you know, soon to be wife is going to be walking down the island. I just, I didn't understand this. 
I can't imagine the sister was like, yes, let me give you this dress. This is a great idea. Like, I feel like he raided the closet and just like was like, I'm taking this, by the way. (laughs) So uh, I don't know that she was a willing participant and really loves the idea. Maybe she was. Maybe she's supportive, uh, even when she should maybe draw the line. But I was very confused. Yeah, no, I was also very confused. And the thing is, um, we already know Evelyn, like everyone wants to make their own decisions for the wedding. And it was very clear that Evelyn kind of decided, hey, first, let me ask him, is this a traditional dress? Is this a dress that is in your family that you want me to wear? No, this is not a wedding dress that's been handed down. This is a prom dress that's been taken. So she's not into it. She's obviously very out for this. Um, and I love that before she, they get to the whole, this is a prom dress saga. She was like, well, it's bad luck for the husband to see the dress because she was already trying to find an out here, which I did find hilarious. But no, so this is, this sums up the dumbiness from them. We get one more scene with them. And this is when Leslie and Lipsy are accompanying Evelyn to the actual wedding dress shopping. They're at a store. She's wearing a dress, but Evelyn, clearly has reservations. She's talking a lot about how she's getting anxiety in this dress. It's making, this is making it feel real and she doesn't feel it. She talks about how I feel like if I was completely confident in Corey, I'd be okay right now, but I'm really not comfortable with him completely. So uh, she's going through it here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had gotten the previews showing that Evelyn has something to tell her sisters. And so the thing that we had already known is we know about Jenny and they don't. So when she shares this piece of information, I was like, oh, OK, I figured this was coming out eventually. And this is what she's dropping on the sisters. And predictably, they do not have a good reaction to finding out about Jenny. Uh, not no surprise there. I can't imagine that anyone thought that would go differently. Yeah, not at all. And the thing is to expand on the on the Jenny saga volume two that we got here. Um, she tells her sisters more about it and mentions that, you know, Jenny was being presented as his girlfriend and that there was maybe some. And then Corey's defense was like, no, no, no. It's a language barrier thing. You know, it's the same word for girlfriend and friend. Neither uh, Leslie nor Lipsy were about it. They're like, stop this. This is foolish. We you are like they they said they, they thought it was insane that she's going through with this wedding. Um, and they also told her you can't marry while you're having these doubts. So once she gives out this Jenny info, they just kept dogpiling about how this is a mistake. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do this. To which we get the bombshell of the episode. The last line in the episode when Evelyn decides to tell them, hey, actually, last year we went away and got married. Uh and like smash cut to the next preview because my jaw is dropped (laughs) and it's like no the episode's over you get nothing else (laughs) so i was floored because he is so insistent on like i need to get married we need to get married we need to get married uh but i don't have money to do this big like wedding it's like well you already got married so why are you so insistent now yeah it, it really is a wild situation because now all of this is happening and I'm trying to process what's going down. And basically I can't wrap my head around. Well, you are sounding like you have all these reservations, but it's already been done. So what does that mean for you two? What is that going to be like? Your family's clearly against it, 
but the Band-Aid's been ripped, and now they know, and now they're going to go through this wedding, but now they have all, all this information on Jenny, and they're probably going to take it to Corey at some point and confront him. It just doesn't sound like the best way to have gotten this news over. Mm-hmm. Like you compared them to the Ross and Rachel, they were on a break before. Uh, now we have the they eloped without telling anyone saga of the Ross and Rachel, <laughs> unlikable Ross and Rachel that they are. Um, I just am very confused by Corey and Evelyn. I am on the edge of my seat. They better not have the week off next week. I need an answer to this <laughs> because uh, I don't see how this hasn't come out before now. Yeah, well. <laughs> Speaking of a week off, they're not going to have a week off. They'll be back next week when, and I'm not mincing words, they're at some kind of cafe and they've ordered a bowl of what looks like soup for Corey. It's, mm. This is Corey, Evelyn, and the sisters. And uh, they made him eat a penis. Um, now, I don't know how this came about. And it's very clear that tensions will now rise because Corey seemed pissed when he found out that it was a penis that he was eating. So it's going to be messy and get a front row seat for this mess. I love that her sisters are just so unabashedly hate him and they just like smirk in his face as they're telling him. So it's like energy that I very much can appreciate on 90 day. Yeah. I genuinely almost feel like I wish they didn't reveal this to us. Cause I would have liked to have been wowed at the same time, mm-hmm. but you know, we'll see where it goes from there. Um, they, and and I've said this before, but there are a couple I've never really cared for. So the fact that I'm intrigued to see them, it's 100% on the backing of Leslie and Lipsy, the two sisters who are making this interesting for me. Yeah, I agree. They're not my favorite couple in the slightest. Uh, this bombshell definitely helps with the intrigue. But, uh, when I was first introduced to them, like, you know, you, like you said, they did a good job of, uh, even as a first time viewer, like setting it up, catching me up with the story. And I was like, Oh, okay. I'm interested. But Corey's been, uh, a dumb the last couple of episodes. <laughs> um, I really, you mentioned it, but I really didn't like when he, it was like, Oh no, it's a mistranslation. And, uh, the, like we use the same words that felt like, all right, lying is bad. And this is worse. <laughs> like I did not like, uh, the manipulation on that front. So, uh, not a Corey guy to say the least. Yeah. He's, and he's not like the thing is, he's not even slick enough to get away mm-hmm. with the lie. This is a bad lie. So I look forward to when he gets, um, confronted more and more. I feel like this dinner that they're going to have is where more truths are going to come out about the Jenny situation. So I'm keen to see where that goes, but, um, might as well move on to from our, one of our least favorite couples to, uh, one of our favorite couples here who really had nothing to offer this week, but it's Kenny and Armando. Yeah. So. Uh- yeah, go ahead. No, I like Kenny and Armando, but I didn't expect when Kenny was saying goodbye to Armando at the beginning of the episode that we would also be saying goodbye to Armando for the rest of the episode. <laughs> I know Armando uh, was gone. It was mostly the <laughs> Kenny story here, but also uh, not much of the Kenny story. Basically, Kenny is leaving Armando to go to the airport to pick up his daughter, Cassie, who is visiting. And he talks in a confessional uh, moment where he this is the longest he's been away from his kids. He's never been away from them for more than a week. He's been away from them now for more than a year and he misses everyone. And he feels guilty about this because he hasn't shared this with Armando. He hasn't shared how homesick he is and that, um, you know, there was some worries when he was moving that he was dragging his feet. And it's all because of the fact that he is having a hard time being away from his family. 
Yeah, this is tough. And this is something that I definitely expected to come across on a 90 day the other way. Uh, you know, whether it's moving to like the US on the regular 90 day or moving outside, always one of them is going to uh, likely have difficulty with it. And so it is. Uh, you know, sad to see Kenny going through this and even sadder that he doesn't feel like he can talk to Armando about it. Yeah. And, and honestly, that's really all we got here is that um this is going to be a struggle that they're going to have. And I mean, homesickness is definitely a big thing with these couples and why shouldn't it be like they're especially if you're moving to a country that you don't speak the language well in you've never been at that and they've also had a lot of struggles with you know getting their marriage license and all that stuff so it's not been an easy road for them the relationship has seemingly been the easiest part which is great that they're a strong cohesive unit and that's amazing but he is dealing with this inner turmoil of i miss my family but also I'm not trying to leave my new family, but I also want to see my old family. So Cassie coming is going to save him. And we did, we did get Cassie talking in the car a little bit about how she's struggling with being away from him and that she has now kind of assumed his role in getting everyone to meet up and everyone to see each other. And it's been a struggle for her too. Mm -hmm. And especially he's going from he has four kids. It seems like they're all super close uh, and then going to where he loves Armando. But it does not seem uh, from the little that I've seen that Armando's family is super supportive of them. So I can't imagine that he is walking into like his in-laws being like a loving, supportive family for them at the moment. So it is definitely a you know, big shock on top of the culture shock of moving to another country. Oh, yeah. And and the next time on for them does show us they're going to visit uh, Armando's family again. And then they're going to talk to his dad. And, you know, we already know right now we don't even know what the dad knows. And seemingly in the little snippet we got, his dad has left to go to the shop, which is never a, in, in no world, in no universe, in no franchise. Is the father leaving to go to the store a good sign? Mm -mm. yeah he went to go get milk <laughs> i don't know how soon he's coming <laughs> <Yeah>. back <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we'll see where where it goes with them and honestly that's really it with kenny and armando there's not much else that they gave us here that's why we put them in here in this place because it's a little bit of a smaller story but we can then move across continents go over to asia and talk about sumit and jenny jenny and sumit back again and last time we saw them Scally, jenny and sumit realized okay they want to saw an immigration lawyer they find out oh there's this loophole for a way for her to stay here permanently that isn't sumit finally popping the question and and signing the documents and getting married it is jenny would have to join iskon and become a full um hari krishna devotee basically yeah, the first like segment we get with them makes you think that this is going great. She can just, you know, uh, uh, chant the Hare Krishna chant for 108 beads every once in a while. And she's loving this. She's not a religious person, but uh, she has a good vibration inside of her. And this feels like a fantastic option only to very quickly realize that, oh, um, there's not a loophole that any person can just exploit freely. He has uh, no one's <laughs> caught on to this. Huh. Shocking. Yeah. So, and that's the thing, right? Is that when, when, so the first thing we get with them is Sumit working on the, the chant with Jenny at home. 
And then they're going to take her to the temple, but he's not going to go in with her to influence her. He wants her to find, you know, have findings and thoughts about the religion herself. So she goes in and she essentially talks to three different people during this segment. And all three of them seem very nice, very welcoming, very much, you know, supportive of someone joining them. But what ends up being the big thing here is that, you know, like you mentioned, Jenny talks about her growth and feeling very good and feeling very much like she's suddenly finding peace through all of this, which to me, I was like, why are you trying to convince us? We can't give you the visa. Like, I feel like (laughs) this talking head is just you being like, this is great. I have a revelation. I mean, you've been in the temple two minutes. Like that is not how that works. So she sits down, she's taught more of the, you know, they give her the bees, they show her how to go about everything. So she's learning a little bit, which is great. But then the next scene we see is her talking to again, the man that she talked with at the beginning at the temple and both with the man and the two women that were helping her learn about becoming a Hare Krishna devotee. She like told them all about her relationship, about how like, well, we can't get married, blah, blah, blah. We're having troubles in the relationship. And they told her, you know, trust the religion and follow the process and you'll be fine. And then when she talks about this with the, with the guy more, the guy's like, yeah, well, if you get, just get married and that'll sort itself out. She was like, it's not as easy as that. Um, and then she talks about more and says, Hey, what are the rules here for me taking up being a Krishna devotee? What do I have to do? What will it require? Cause she was also very concerned that, um, there might be some issues. And basically they, the guy tells her, you don't have to give up anything at the beginning. You have to, you know, just say Hare Krishna. It, it, he is simple. Like you will be accepted. Everything's good. And just go from there. And then she says, well, what about this visa I've heard? He said, yeah, so we have this missionary visa uh, for you to be a full devotee and then, you know, devote your life to all this. She was like, so every day, like full time? He was like, yeah. He was like, it'll take about, you know, a few years. You have to qualify to get it. It could be three years. It could be five years. There's no guarantee. And then says, for a beginner devotee, this is not going to happen. Hmm. Yeah, Jenny already has a ten-year relationship without a guarantee of a permanent visa. She is not getting into another with Hare Krishna. <laughs> like she, it's not. He's and because he even says he's like it's not even guaranteed after ten years. So uh, I do not think this was ever a realistic option for Jenny. The one thing I do really like about her is I like how much she is willing um, to learn and integrate herself in uh, with Sumit's. Uh, now, like nationality and his area and everything, his culture. Uh, I like Jenny mm-hmm. a lot for that. Um, but asking her to devote another 10 years of her life into the chance of getting a permanent visa does not seem anywhere near realistic. No, and, and it's very clear. It's uh, like very, very clear. The minute she is told that this is not going to happen for a beginner devotee, she kind of just drops everything, right? Because she leaves. So she leaves the temple. She like says, okay, sounds good. She leaves and meets Sumit, who's, you know, waiting outside for her and says, well, this isn't going to happen. Like, I can't unless I'm here all the time. I'm like, that's not going to work. So we can't. This visa is not an option. And he's like, well, I'm very sad to hear about this. And in his talking confessional, he talks about how. um he doesn't think that, you know, he's sad that the visa's not going to work, but he's like, but I can't pick marriage over my family, my parents, which is again, the recurring theme with these two. And 
Again, I, I, I agree with you. I love that Jenny, because Jenny, more than many of the couples, she fully has involved herself in learning about the community, wearing you know the the attire, learning about Samit's family. I, at this point, showing interest in a religion potentially to stay with him. But I didn't like how the minute she was told it's not going to happen, she walked out and all the things she said about how she felt good. She was like, "Yeah, you have to be seriously devoted to this to do it." I was like, "Yeah, what did you think was going to happen? This isn't <laughs> Little Caesars. You can't. It's not a five minute hot and ready. Like you can't just go and be like, all right, I'm in. Like, okay, here's the visa. Like that's not how it works." So. They go back to square one again, and I'm just dumbfounded because that means for three episodes, they've done nothing. <laughs> We've learned nothing. We're at the same spot we were when the season started at episode one. Yeah, I am very curious what the storyline is because I know Samit says, like, I cannot choose marriage over my parents, but like, then what are we doing here? <laughs> like, it's been 10 years, and I love the story of how they met so much. I don't know how many electrical problems Jenny could have been having to form an entire relationship that's lasted this long. Uh, but it is so interesting to me that we are like committed to continuing to live together and like oh we'll spend the money to send you out of the country every six months and you'll stay here but we're not taking that next step right and I honestly do not see why they're still together however I think I might have read this somewhere it might have been fiction I believe it to be true I think later in the season we're going to see Sumit's mom attempt to teach Jenny more about, you know, how to be an Indian housewife and how to be, you know, learn like the cooking and stuff. I feel like I I swear I feel like I've seen a, a scene where she's learning some recipes from her mom. So we'll see if that works. But ultimately, the biggest problem with them has been the age gap for the parents. So I just don't see how they're gonna overlook that. And I don't see how Sumit is going to be able to convince them of it. The only person Sumit has been able to successfully convince of anything is Jenny to stay with him for the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. I will say the strength of the parents to keep this grudge for 10 years, like almost anyone else is going to be broken down by that point. Like, I'll just do it. I don't care anymore. <laughs> like, I don't know how you maintain this conviction, but you know, I guess good for them. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that when they first met Jenny, Jenny was touted as Sumit's friend. And they had, mm. she stayed with them and like she was living with them a little bit like while she was visiting. But then Sumit would be sneaking into her room at night and they figured that out. And then later, um, when Jenny first moved to India to be with him, he kept it secret from them. He didn't tell them they lived. In, he moved out of his parents place, lied about having a job in another city and moved in with her. And then. Her, his in-laws found out because he was also married at the time. His in-laws found the place. They, they raided him. They took his passport. And like, that was a whole saga. It's like, I, it's one of those things where, you know, you old school movies, you hear about like, we have to be together. We're destined to be together. We'll do whatever it takes. But then when these two are the starring, uh, pair in that relationship saga, it's absolutely wild that they've gotten even this far. So we'll see where they go from here. On the next time on, let me just quickly see if there was a next time on and if I recall seeing a next time on for them. Um, yeah, the next time on is Jenny is getting fed up. That's what I have in my notes. So it's more of the same with the two um, of them. 
There we go. And it also, I think, is a big factor of I am being introduced to them now at 33 and 63, whereas um, I don't know exactly how long they've been on the show in terms of how old they were when they were introduced. One. Season one. But I don't know when three, that was maybe filmed. four years. Let's okay. say three or four years ago. Yeah. But still, even like especially for his parents and uh, anyone else where they're starting at 53 and 23, it's the same age difference. But um, I have a little more of a leeway for like, all right, you're 33. Make your own decision. When you're 23, I understand being extremely protective and concerned over this age difference, Uh, whereas I'm being introduced to them at 33 and it is still (laughs) a significant age difference. But I'm like, "Uh, you can make your own decision at this point. I mean, at this point, it's just wild to me. Like, both of his parents of, well, they live together and he's committed to her. So how is him signing up some documents going to change that or like mm-hmm. not change that? So, I mean, the biggest thing they talked about was they he has to care for them when they're older and they feel like if he marries Jenny, he can no longer do that because he has to he has to tend to her. So. We'll see where they go. It's infuriating. I, I got to talk about this a little bit with Sasha while I was on the um, uh, what's it called Loving Atlanta, Loving Hip Hop Atlanta podcast, and she was like, "Yeah, my mom hates him," and I was like, "That's phenomenal." So I, I wish <laughs> we could have Sasha's mom on to talk about Sumit at some point. Maybe that's the get uh, uh, for this. But beyond that, they're not giving us anything else to look forward to. Unless again, unless Sasha's mom agrees to do the podcast, I'm kind of over them right now. <laughs> well, I would say never say never. <laughs> it could be yeah. a realistic goal. You might be able to make that happen. We'll cross our fingers and hope that it works out or happens. Yeah. Uh, speaking of crossing fingers and hoping things work out, we let's go over to Victor and Ellie. So pretty much the entirety of this episode uh, for Ellie was Ellie is worried because the the um, hurricane that was going through Providencia has now upgraded to category five. And she spoke with Victor like the night before it happened. And Victor was very worried and Victor was asking her to pray for him and everyone. And hopefully everything was fine. And then what happened was after that midnight conversation they had, she didn't hear from him for an entire day. And I feel so bad for Ellie in this instance, because Ellie has already lost a partner before. So for her to go through the scare of maybe losing another partner, I can't imagine the world that she's living in in that moment. So it is a lot to handle. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is when I was watching uh, the previews, obviously they didn't say yet that like, oh, it had been two days and it had been whatever. Because I looked up about like Hurricane Iota and it was difficult to find information specifically on Providencia before we had gotten to episode three and how that was affected. But um, I was like, all right, you haven't been in contact for a little while. But then I put it in, especially in the context of her having lost a partner before and then it being two days and no communication whatsoever. And I was like, OK, this is uh, significantly worse. I understand uh, much more the reaction. Yeah, I definitely felt for her once I put that context clue together and um, shout out to Hiromi, her friend who literally was by her side the whole time. I feel like we saw two different scenes where Hiromi visits her and like takes care of her while all this is going down. Um, So then we didn't get anything. We didn't get anything. And then after two days, she speaks to, um, I want to say Victor's sister Mm -hmm. who sends a voice message that changes everything. She gets a voice message from her sister that says, Hey, um, I got in contact with uh, Victor. He's good. He's fine. He says he loves you. 
Everything's okay. He's going to be okay. So now, now she knows he's alive, which is great, but she also booked a flight to leave. And now she is leaving for Providencia. Uh, but then we ultimately find out that she's not going directly to Providencia because like she mentioned, 98% of Providencia was impacted by this, which is a lot. So she's going to end up in San Andreas, which is next or close to Providencia. And she believes that if for any reason Victor is evacuated, he will end up there. So that's where she is at the moment. Yeah, you have to imagine he's going to be when they said 98%. It's impossible to survive on there right now. So uh, I have to imagine he will be coming her way. It's just a matter of making sure that they make the connection uh, once he does end up there. But I'm rooting for them. I am waiting to be disappointed. Uh, I don't quite love them as much as I love Hiromi, big Hiromi guy, but I do like <laughs> Ellie and Victor. So I am uh, excited to see them finally together on screen and hoping that that works out because uh, I, I like the pizza lady so far. Oh, yeah. And and I, I saw it on the subreddit this week. Someone ordered pizza from her pizza place and said it was the best pizza they've ever had. So this is Ooh. now what, the third, third time I've heard positive things about this pizza place. So maybe just maybe we need to make a trip up to Seattle to uh, try this pizza. Ooh, sign me up for the group trip. I'm down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So that doesn't. And, and I feel like the last two segments have been short, but really they didn't give us much to talk about here. That's pretty much the, the tall and short of it of, of Victor and Ellie here next week, though. They're finally going to meet, I think. So that's where we'll dive in a little bit. And I'm excited for that part because I feel like there's been a lot of buildup with Victor and, and the other woman that was in the picture short for a little bit that he denied and then had to confess to. So I'm excited for that portion to begin, even though it's going to be probably heart crushing because it's going to be some problems along the way. But let's hope that um, we finally see them together and see what, where it goes from there. Mm-hmm. This is hard. I just don't even know what their story really is going to be because it seems like they're going to be figuring out what they're doing just as much as like the crew really has no idea where they're going to end up next, I imagine. So are they going to stay in San Andreas? Are they going to uh, go see his sister? So that's all completely up in the air for them for the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah. And uh, starting next week, hopefully we get some answers, but we'll see because I feel like for them too, it's going to be a lot of repairing their home and where they're going to be living and all that like logistics that are far beyond anything else that's going on on the show. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better. And dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, let's go to the sim- more simple. I, mean, I was about to say simple pastures, but really, <laughs> this is also a complicated relationship. Let's go over to Stephen and Alina. So, uh, Stephen and Alina, last we saw the two of them, Stephen was preparing to go to Turkey from the States. And we find out that Stephen might have, you know, lost his virginity and done some sexual things, which goes against his religion that Alina doesn't know about. And we also saw Alina talking to her two friends, uh, talking about how she doesn't expect them to do anything physical. They're saving themselves for marriage. And also she tells us about how uh, Stephen has talked about wanting to see other women at some point. And then later on, uh, we find out that Stephen has booked two different places for them to stay at. Uh, a nicer place, isolated place for her and a hostile situation for himself. And her two friends, not jokingly, probably semi-serious, said, hey, how about you set up a trap where you have someone, an actress, flirt with him and test his faith like that and see if that happens. And I said this on last week's podcast with Kirsten. I said, I would like to see that. That'd be pretty fun to watch. Um, little did I know, it's literally going to be the setup for the next episode because um alina's gonna meet up with asha her friend at her mom's furniture store and she has a very important favor to ask masha so what she asks masha is hey i've been doubting steven i feel like he wants the second place to stay for other girls and i'm sacrificing my love i'm doing everything to move i need to make sure he's on the right foot with this so she wants masha to flirt with him and the reason masha's been the selected candidate is because that's the only friend Steven doesn't know about with regards to Alina's friends. Yeah. Well, there's so much to unpack here. First of all, the thought that Steven is having like a sex pad as his second location. <laughs> <laughs> so much. I never want to think about that. Alina, stop talking about it. <laughs> like I love, <laughs> I love Ellie. Never put me around Steven. I have no interest in meeting him. <laughs> but, and as for Masha, like they, she's a good friend to be doing this, but I also must say Alina must be okay with ending the relationship with Masha potentially because when Steven finds out what happens and she's like, Oh yeah, by the way, this is my friend, Masha. She's the one who tested you. If, this actually does all work out for them i don't think steven is going to be too keen on keeping masha around uh in the future so uh definitely risky business going on here well the beauty of this is that we have the entire picture in front of us because we know that he is keeping um his sexual history from her so when he tells her that there's going to be some problems already and then when she tells him this i feel like he might have no choice but to have to be okay with what happened because again he's done some shady stuff but then okay so it's interesting here that um they pretty much did it perfectly first step was let's delete each other off social media so he doesn't see that we're mutual friends bang on the first thing i was going to ask when i was writing my notes they answered it immediately they know better than to leave the uh friends on so they delete the next part now this is the part with the flirting that i didn't didn't quite translate for me but the way they're going about it is they're gonna have her message Steven with the message of, ooh, I like the place you're at. I would like to visit. 
and kind of set the stage from there and see how he responds. I feel like it's the quicker way to go about it. I genuinely thought there was going to be some like longer talking sessions of like messaging back and forth, but no, they're pretty much going to hit him with the U up right out the gate. Yeah. Which first of all, his profile picture, what was it like a fountain? It looked like in the background, it, uh, it was like a, a landmark. <laughs> yeah. It was like, Oh, I would like to visit any place with a fountain. Can you tell me more about it? <laughs> so the local uh, mall might have you covered. Yeah. And uh, I think we were messaging on Facebook. Does Steven look like a guy who's checking his like other inbox messages? Because if you're not friends, they're not going straight to the main inbox. Right. It's going to end up in the message. And I feel like with the Facebook message requests or like other messages, it's harder to find than other social medias. I feel Mm -hmm. like I find it um, easier with Twitter, with Instagram, even Facebook might be a little tough, but also they're using uh, Steven does not seem like he's using other social medias. I feel like he knows his way around Facebook, hopefully. Yeah, that is fair. Steven definitely gives off Facebook vibes. Yeah, no one a thousand percent <laughs> gives off those Facebook vibes for sure. Um, and then so yeah, Masha agrees to this. They do all that setup. She sends the message, and then we're gonna see what happens with that. They don't tell us any more about that. The only other thing we see with Steven and Alina is that um, Stephen is getting ready to leave for Turkey. He's packing everything. He's done. And then he goes out. So it was a weird scene. So he goes out to his the living room where his family's at. And they're like, are you ready? He's like, well, let me eat some snacks first, brush my teeth, and then I'm good to go. And they're like, yeah, we don't have that time. He's like, okay. And they're just leaving now. <laughs> he listed like seven things. And they're like, actually, we have time for none of that. Just not a spare minute on the clock. And Stephen, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Yeah, he's okay. He doesn't care. But let us, I hate that too. And it's like, what do you want to do? I'm like, okay, I want to do these four things. Yeah, we don't have time. It's like, why did we ask that? Then? Why, why did that happen? So, well, Stephen's mom needed to give him the lengthy discussion of also how not to get kidnapped because apparently that is a concern on both sides of the family here. Yeah, I love that his mom was basically saying, yeah, I'm very concerned for Stephen and Stephen's not concerned at all, which is a problem. He should be concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I feel like I'm concerned about Stephen. <laughs> like, I have no stake in this. Stephen uh, does not seem like the type to really take things super seriously. So I understand that. But yeah, Stephen is way too relaxed about this whole thing. Just like no zero emotion leaving the house, leaving his family. Just like, all right, bye. All right. See you later. Yeah, I think that um, obviously traveling abroad is hard. Traveling abroad alone is difficult. And then traveling alone abroad as steven is like playing the travel game at legendary difficulty because i feel like he's gonna have a struggle and he he seems like voted most likely to you know lose his passport i genuinely am worried about his documents i don't know if he's even gonna get there in one piece Mm -hmm. and i do have to say also i think even the reaction might be worse for melina might be worse when he refers to them as his sexual relationships rather than the news that he's had them because it is uncomfortable every time when he speaks of them that way and that's honestly the thing with language right is that he could there's so many ways to say the same thing and then sometimes when you use specific words it sounds way worse and i feel Mm -hmm. like Putting relationship at the end of anything might make it seem like it's more than it is. And then adding sexual to the beginning of that is a recipe for disaster. So let's hope that he decides to say it in a more chill way. Dare I say, I, have I don't think no faith in him. <laughs> Zero faith. <laughs> 
He's going to fumble the back for sure. He's going to fumble. He's going to stumble all over those words and it's going to be a struggle. But then um, the next time on shows us that Stephen arrives to Turkey. Alina's at Turkey. They're in Turkey. So we're going to be in Turkey next episode, which is exciting. But for the first night. So remember, Stephen said that he would agree to stay at the same place for the first night to have her feel comfortable and have them settle in. And then after that, they can discuss where they go. Then he goes to his hostel or whatever. But the first night they're spending together, Stephen has brought over Russian scripture to read to Alina. Honestly, a great strategy. He wants his own place. And 15 minutes in, she is going to be begging him to go to the sex pad. Like, please (laughs) leave me alone. I will live here by myself for months. It's fine. (laughs) She's like, you know what? Yeah, having my old place doesn't sound that bad anymore. Yeah, because I think it was very clear in the little confessional they showed on the next time on. Alina wanted them to spend the night together, not like sexually, but like, you know, they're a couple cuddled up close to each other. They've not seen each other for a long time. And Steven is like, hey, so before I tell you about all my sexual relationships, let me read to you in your native language how important it is to me to uh, follow the faith and follow the faith to a T. But then I didn't do that though. But let me read it. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. The fact that they have only ever met in person for one week is mind blowing. Um, I don't know why we're rushing this, especially at 25 and 20, but it's so important to them <laughs> that this must happen right now. Yeah. I I'm rooting for Alina. <laughs> I don't think I can say I'm rooting for Steven at this very moment. I, I really don't. I don't know, but I'm excited that he's on the screen. And this is the primary reason I'm here for the reveal. I'm here for them to have that conversation where they let the secrets out. So I can't wait. I want to find out what happened with Masha. Did he see Masha's message? Is he responding to the message? It's going to get very real, very quick with them. And I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does he take that high winky face <laughs> just and run with it? Because uh if he does, I will be glad to see uh I'll be glad to see Alina on the single life. That'll be fine. Ooh, I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And that that cast of the single life did not have a lot of great people. So Alina would be a welcomed uh refresher. There we go. Season. Yeah. All right, so we get to the last couple here to talk about. And my, oh, my, do we leave the main event for the main event? It's Ari and Binium, folks. And let me just say this again. They're delivering, and they are the best couple to watch during the show. Not because I love them, but because I am baffled at how both of them are doing. Both of them are treating this relationship so wrong. Both of them are taking every wrong move that they can take. And both of them are incredulous. And it is incredible to watch. It's so funny seeing Ariella's smile sprout 45 new teeth every time Leandro walks into the room. (laughs) She's just never been happier in her life. Like she's holding her baby and she's just like, oh, take him. Like, it's fine. Move him away. She is so smitten and excited he's there. It is fascinating to watch. It's wild to me because I'm like, you know, watching all these shows, I can't help but p- think, okay, this is their real life that they've decided to sign up to have be on camera. Because I, one of the running jokes with Liana and I was Liana was always like, we should sign up for 90 day. 
and, you know, have some money there because we're still going to go through with the process anyway. I said, yeah, but I don't want my life on TV because some of the things these people do. I'm like, you do realize there's cameras, right? I feel like she's welcomed this camera crew here to watch her not tell us that she's not over him, not tell us that she wishes she didn't leave, but then to show us that she wishes she didn't leave. And that happens every time Leandra's on screen. But the first thing we get this this uh, episode with them is Binyam is going to take Leandra over to his gym. He has not slept well the night prior. He's very scared about him and Ari and what their relationship was. Because the last time they spoke, obviously, was the night before where all the feelings came out about how they ended or didn't really end. And there was a lot of residual feelings there that made Binyam doubt their true intentions and the relationship. So he's going to take Leandra over to the gym to see how everything's going to go there. Now, you are not wrong because Ari has woken up and made a very nice coffee for Leandro. And when Leandro comes into the kitchen, Ari's like, yeah, I thought I'd do something nice for you. And Leandro said, yeah, you better. I was like, what are you two doing? <laughs> uh oh. Oh, Leandro. Okay. Uh, you know what? She is feeling absurdly guilty about the way she left. And as we get more details, like, I get why. I understand why she feels really guilty. It is, uh, I've been going over the timeline even in my head where she's uh, 29 now and she's like, well, we were married for about 10 years and I met him at 19. I was like, you had a, baby and wait what <laughs> like when did this happen so uh i am not surprised at the guilt that's coming from ariella at all no not at all because it's it's very clearly the information is muddy i feel like there's been there's some overlap here for sure i don't know exactly where but you can just tell there is um and the new whole new jersey visit thing which we'll get to that was also in the middle of all this timeline so it is definitely a mess um, but she definitely feels guilty for not doing right by him. And she mentions in her confessional that she always knew they were going to end up getting together, which I'm like, well, you didn't. Why are you saying mm-hmm. that like that? You think you still might. It's a little sketchy, a little sketchy. I just, I don't know. I am watching this, like really not knowing who is going to end up with who at the end of this season. And I am like <laughs> drawn to watch this season play out. I just need to know. I know, I know. And and it gets more interesting. We're not even at the good part of their story this week, which is wild. So mm-hmm. um, the, the next thing Leandra talks about in his confessional about how um, once the pregnancy was announced, like that was the end of their story, which to me means before the pregnancy, there was still something to that story. Because at this point, he and her were still like maybe going to get together, but then Binyam was also in the picture, and then the pregnancy, but we move. We can let that unravel another time. Let's go to the gym. So we'll go to the gym. Binyam takes him to the gym, and Binyam's whole motive here is I'm going to get to talk to him man-to-man and find out what exactly is the relationship between the two of them, what's going on, and I'm going to ask him whatever I want to ask him. But initially what they do is... um. Uh, he has these up. So, you know, with boxing exercises, so Leandra has gloves on and um, Binyam is wearing those pads that you can hold up for the boxer to punch. So they're doing that. But then in a weird sequence, they're doing that. And then Binyam, like we've seen this in the preview, but they like, puts him in a chokehold. And I didn't know the context of this. So obviously I thought, Oh, maybe they're just doing a, 
like a scrimmage. They decided, okay, let's do a little play fight and and I'll show you some techniques. It genuinely seemed like Binium just reacted and decided, I'm putting you in a chokehold because my feelings are hurt. Yeah. Like at first he's taken a couple smacks on the face with the gloves. And I was like, all right, this is definitely letting out some uh, hurt feelings on our end. But as it progressed, I still was like, it seems like things are, you know, fun. We're enjoying. And then we get from Leandro's like, uh, I was very confused and I don't understand why this happened. So, uh, not a great excuse when Benny like, Oh, you know, I just get like, really really into it when i'm fighting it's like no that's not how that works you don't get to just do that but uh it was uh, not great not great from binyam here no and and he just straight up says it in a confession like, yeah i couldn't control myself in that moment i was like what <laughs> when, when when leandro's tapping out you could tell like if this was a wrestling match binyam just became the world champion like it looked like a legitimate chokehold it was wild absolutely wild so after this after he's broken the ice <laughs> he decides this is where i'm going to pepper some questions in so he asks why he's there and leandro mentions you know she was homesick she practically he was like she practically begged me to come because she felt homesick and lonely and he used the word begged that was not me ad-libbing so he mentions so shady. That. <laughs> I know. I know. And then he's like, look, relationships and you don't suddenly stop having feelings, but I care about her. And this was in response to, do you have do you have feelings for her? That was the answer. And it did come a little bit delayed. And then obviously, Binyam's not done yet. He has one more question to throw in there. And he says, did you have sex with Ari while you stayed together in New Jersey? And Scally, we play plenty of Among Us together. The way he answered this was suspect. I would vote him out. I genuinely (laughs) was like, you could have just said no and moved on. You didn't say that. The, uh, uh, you don't have anything to worry about. That's not a no. (laughs) You didn't say no. <laughs> like uh this feels like you are appeasing me and you know what bad on binium also because if i want to hear the truth from someone i'm not going to put them in a chokehold 30 seconds before i ask them sensitive questions but uh it was not ideal on either end it felt like uh binium put him in a position where he was already going to be sweating so you can't get a totally accurate read you want to make him feel comfortable but leandro also is doing an absolutely terrible job of being convincing whether or not he's telling the truth that uh, no one feels at ease after this. No, and you're very much right. It's like he got roughed up and then was like, do you want to get that happen again? Are you going to answer me correctly? <laughs> no, he's obviously terrified of what you're going to do next. Like, oh, So mm-hmm. that, that answer was not great from Leandro at all. But then we go back to the house and Ari is struggling to make the bed, it seemed like. And when she when when uh Binyam comes in, he's like, Oh, are you making the bed because uh you know you, you Leandro's here and you want it to look good? She was like, No, I was doing something nice for you. I was like, How is making okay, we move on, okay. The bed, you know, sometimes <laughs> the bed can be a little messy. That's fine. I, I understand. I understand your struggle. But then Binyam tells her, Hey, so I asked him if if the two of you slept together. And Ari has a confession where she talks about how it's rude and demeaning that he is asking this question. I was like, well, you're the one who didn't tell him that you were, he stayed with you for two weeks. I feel like 
because you didn't tell him he's worried something happened. I don't think so. I think he was wrong for what he did and the way he went about it. But I don't think he's wrong for feeling insecure after that, finding out that information. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's no hero in this story. (laughs) Like, no no one is right. It's been gone about wrong in every direction. Ariella should have told him. Binyam shouldn't have asked him, let alone like that. Uh, But I understand him asking once there's Mm -hmm. other information being kept from him. And Leandro is now living in his house. And like, they're both cheesing so hard every time they make eyes at each other. Yeah, it's not a comfortable living situation during this visit at all. I'll tell you that. Um, And she keeps saying that she wants him to focus on them in the now and not think about New Jersey. She wants him to forget about New Jersey, which is very hard to do because, again, he found this information out like two days before Leandro showed up. So he has questions and they're not being answered. So I... I feel bad for both of them, honestly, because it, I can't, I, like you said, I just cannot decide what they're feeling and what they want, but we're not over here. This is where it should have been done, but <laughs> Ari decides, Hey, let's go to dinner. Things have been a little weird since this morning when they came back from the gym, let's go to dinner and like put this to bed and move past. That's what she wants to do. So they get in the car and on their way over to the restaurant, Bidium's on his phone and he's texting somebody. And Ari's like, what are you texting, baby? He's like, I am texting Sion to come over for dinner. And who is Sion, you ask? No one. Just uh, Bidium's ex-girlfriend slash uh, current dance partner. Just that person. So Bidium decides to invite his ex, basically. And this is a wild decision. And it's very transparent what he's trying to do. I love it so much. <laughs> I love it so much because also it puts a totally different light on Biniam getting so annoyed that Ariella is close with Leandro. Cause it's like, well, you are also close with your ex of five years. So I don't feel like you have the strongest leg to stand on uh, in terms no. of being annoyed about this. And Sion and, uh, and Biniam don't exactly have a clear answer as to why they broke up or many other questions. So it's like all four of these people, none of them know why they broke up. <laughs> Up. They all are smiling at each other across the table. Like it is so messy, and I am so happy that it happened. <laughs> it was literally Scally when this happened. I thought I'm so happy Scally's here to talk about this because <laughs> just when you thought it was already messy, he ordered an extra side of mess to add to the equation <laughs> because. It's one thing if he's inviting her to kind of get revenge and be like, yeah, well, I can bring my ex that I'm friends with, too. How about that? It was like, okay, that's petty. That's cool. But then they get to dinner. Sion shows up and Leandro and Ari kind of tag team ask Sion questions that she has not had answers to and is not talking about with Binyam. They turn the table on Binyam completely. And they basically ask, well, let us ask you, how did you guys break up? And Sion was like, well, I haven't talked about it really with you because you're speaking um, in uh, Ethiopian and he has to translate some of it. So basically, we find out that it was because that he cheated on Sion with his ex-wife. Right. Do I have that right? And that is, again, Binium, you're an idiot for bringing her over 
and having this happen. Because if you had any leg to stand on, you have zero legs. You have negative legs to stand on now. Mm-hmm. He clowned himself so hard, both with them, with the audience, with everyone. Like, now I don't feel bad for any of you. <laughs> like, yeah. this is so funny to me. And like, okay, they've been friends for a longer period of time. Seems like they actually had a legitimate reason. But the thing is, Sion did not volunteer this information. She very much was just like a sly giggle. Like, I don't know why we broke up. And then it comes out eventually. But Sion's like completely on his side, not going to throw him under the bus. And I was like, who is dating who at this table at this point? Yeah, no, seriously. And uh, my favorite parts were when they asked why they broke up and Benyam's like, no, this is rude. We shouldn't talk about this. And Leandro was like, no, no, no. He asked me. So it's cool. It's fine. <laughs> it's so good. And uh, add to the layer of Sion coming in and going like, oh, Leandro's very cute. I was like, yes, happen. Please happen. <laughs> That's all I want. <laughs> Bring her home. <laughs> oh my God. If you, fu- if they, if those two, because I, I think Based on the who got you the bra discussion last week, we were told and only then were we told that Leandro has a girlfriend. Um, but if somehow they did a spinoff show where it would follow these four, I would sign up tonight. I would watch it immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. He has a girlfriend like, oh, I have a girlfriend. She's in Canada. You guys just haven't met her yet. Like, no, I, I need to see her on the screen before I believe that Leandro does not have uh, only eyes for Ari here. Yeah, yeah, it's it's messy, Scally. And I'm telling you this, I am so happy they're on this season. They're making the show for me, just as one couple single-handedly with all the mess they've thrown our way. Um, but yeah, no, Benny's an idiot because basically the long and short of with Siona, Sion feels the owns the exact same way that Leandro does, in that she never thought they were gonna break up. She had no idea what was happening, and basically they they didn't talk for two months. And during those two months is when Binium finds, you know, his now ex-wife. And it's literally a very similar story that Binium just volunteered to the dinner table. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's so weird that they both went about breaking up with their respective exes the same way of just uh, almost ghosting them, but then continuing to be friends. It is bizarre. I mean, he says that he lied about his ex-wife and that he was just casting for a movie right in front of her at a dance competition um don't really follow the logic there either uh, but it's full mess uh, even like ariella's laugh fake laughing and it's so obvious that she's fake laughing she's like ha, 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 he's such a liar and it's like you're so mad right now i know you're oh, mad yeah. <laughs> she is fuming and let me tell you this folks the next time on for them is just going to get juicier because the next time on has a full family gathering of um, Ari, Binyam, uh, both of Ari, uh, Binyam's sisters and Leandro at the same place with more things to talk about and dwell into. So and the sisters are going to confront Leandro about the New Jersey thing, too. So it's going to get better, folks. Just just. Oh, God, we got to savor it. It's going to be um, great. I can't wait for next week. So excited. Again, a big fan of the sisters in this relationship as well. So I am excited for them to make a comeback. Uh, it, it, all the mess. Bring it to me. I'm very excited. Uh, Ariella and Binium have definitely been uh, serving and performing so far. So I am as well very happy to have been introduced to them on this season. 
I'm very glad you, you're going to get, now that you're stuck with us, I'm very glad that you're going to get <laughs> to see them in action more next week, too. Yeah, and I'm hoping Sion uh, sticks around because even like uh, Ariella says, like, do I have anything to worry about? And again, it's not like a super committal answer. So none of these people are good at lying. I'm hoping that they stay like the constant characters on the season. I I agree. I mean, my dream is that they whip out a game of mafia with the family next Ooh. week, and because they're all so bad at it, it would be very fun to watch. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus all right so this brings us to the end of the 90 day fiance the other way saga um for those of you who are interested 90 day bears all premiere to season two that i found out about this morning and they brought out um Elizabeth and Andre and some of Elizabeth and Andre's family members to talk about some of the stuff that went on in the happily ever after season. So stick around for the end of this podcast. I will jump back in and speak on that for a little bit. So you have that context as well. Moving forward. Now that 90 day bears all is back. I will attempt to do that moving forward, but Scally, thank you so much for gracing us with your presence to talk about all of this mess, man. This was phenomenal. No, no. Thank you for having me. And I know I complained about it before, but thank you for now finally forcing me to watch 90 Day. Uh, I'm going to try to stick with it, see how I go. Definitely will be listening. Excited to hear about the Bears all season on the back half of this. Uh, but again, thank you for having me. Pleasure was mine, man. I know we're in a place right now where, you know, Big Brother's about to end, but then Survivor's about to begin. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the stage is going to be busy. There's going to be a, too many shows for us to keep up with. Why not keep up with one more or attempt to at the very least? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try to make it a priority. Uh, it might drop a different Aww. show. We'll see how it goes. Amazing. All right. Well, Scally, where can people find you? What are the projects you have going on? Let the people know. People can find me on Twitter at Brian underscore Scally, where I will tweet out anything that I am doing, uh, including, like you said, the challenge is on with season 37, currently covering that with Matt Ligori over on the Dom and Colin podcast. Uh, have people jumping in over there. It's been a fun season, hoping that it picks up even a little more. And then I will also be talking about Big Brother, I believe, this Friday over on RHAP. Don't really know what the Friday episode is going to be, but uh, we will find out along with you. So we'll be talking about that over there. Very, very. I can't wait. The Friday episodes are always just a big joke. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited for you to get to cover all the memes of it all. Yeah, it definitely feel like I can fit right in there. Not too serious. (laughs) 
Yeah, it'll be good. Uh, you can find me on all social media platforms at Puyaism. You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Puya. I stream about two or three times a week there. Never come through, say hi, throw a follow. Appreciate all of that. Um, as far as podcasts go, uh, as of last night, they have now given us all of the mass Singer costumes that we were supposed to see before the season starts. Season starting in less than two weeks at this point. Liana and I will be getting together this week to preview the cast of Mass Singer, basically the costumes of Mass Singer, to be honest with you, and do a draft and talk about Holy Moly 3D and 2D. So that'll be all be fun. That'll be on the Mass Singer wrap ups feeds. If you check that out, I will also be back talking Big Brother um, Thursday night for the uh, double eviction episode. I'll be there. And then also I'll be there Friday morning to talk about all the feeds nonsense with Taryn at 11 a.m. Eastern as well. You can go there. Uh, last but not least, definitely, please, if you may, leave a rating and review for this podcast. It helps people find it easier, and I will appreciate any feedback you throw my way. It does help me understand what's working, what's not working, and uh, what you might like from the show. So you can do that over on robinsonwebsite.com slash 90 day fiance. That's the number nine, number zero day fiance. Now we'll say pause on the hot mess express. We got to have a pit stop here, and then I'll be back to talk about 90 day bears all with you before I wrap up this podcast. But from Scally and myself, for the meanwhile, take care, and I'll catch you in about five seconds. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the 90 Day Fiancé Rafa podcast. Earlier, we talked with Scally all about Season 3, Episode 3 of 90 Day Fiancé, The Other Way. And like I mentioned, 90 Day does not sleep. They decided to add a little more content here for you. And of course, your conductor, Puyazam Akili here, ready to break all of that down for you. So Season 2 of 90 Day Bears All came out um, Sunday night alongside The Other Way. Now, to give you context on what 90 Day Bears All is, because we didn't really touch on it all that much the first season uh, Rob covered with me. Uh, basically, 90 Day Bears All is an additional show they've added to the mix since having Discovery Plus as a platform. And the way they go about putting content on there is they're advertising 90 Day Bears All as a raw, uncut, uncensored segment. So let me preface this. Um, there will be some lewd language here. Um, some inappropriate language <laughs> that they address. I don't think I'm going to be saying them words, but just in case I do, just want to give you a warning ahead of everything that we go on here. And now the reason this episode of 90 Day Bears All is significant is because they uh, brought in Andre and Libby, and then they brought in Libby's sisters, Jen and Becky, and they brought in their sister-in-law, Megan, who is, of course, the wife of one Charlie. Now, I will keep an eye on 90 Day Bears. I will be watching it from my, my own self. But if there's any segments uh, regarding any couples, either on 90 Day Fiance proper, 90 Day Fiance Happily Ever After, or 90 Day Fiance the other way that we've talked about on this podcast, I will be adding a segment at the end of each podcast to talk about that um, on there. So that's how we'll go about it here. And uh, without any further ado, let me tell you why. I wanted to do a special segment on the side to talk about this stuff with y'all. So it's Andre and Libby. Okay. They show up and Sean Robinson, who you may know as the host of every tell all that the 90 day does is also hosting the 90 day bears all. So they begin talking about baby Eleanor, uh, you know, Andre and Libby's daughter. 
and how they said she's doing amazing. So that's great. Baby's doing good. That's great. Uh, however, one of the wrenches in the plan here is that Andre has a tendency to curse a lot. And this is something that he's cognizant of that he would like to fix. And that um, he has been trying to cuss less around the baby. And Twitter has taken him to task for this. This is his words, not mine. And then basically he says he vows to never cuss in front of Eleanor. And Libby's like, well, can we get something signed? Because I don't quite trust you, man. Uh, then they talk about how in the Russian language there's a lot more cuss words. And then they talk about how Andre has a tendency of putting in both Russian and English cuss words together in the same sentence. Or just you, when other people say um or oh or hmm, he tends to put in a substitute word that is a cuss word. So they're trying to fix it. They're trying to work on fixing it. That is the first thing they talk about was this segment about cussing. And also, I should say this. This is not works of fiction. This is not a fanfic website I found that I'm talking about all this with. The reason I'm about to say that is because you'll realize how weird this show is when I dive into the other segments here. So then the next segment that we have is Sean says, let's play a word game. This will be a word association game. She wants to get them each to respond with one word to whatever word she puts out there. And this is going to be used as a setup for bringing in the siblings and the sister-in-law. So the first word is RV, right? We all remember that RV trip. It was a mess, okay? Both Andre and Libby agreed with us. Libby said nightmare. Andre said disaster, okay? Next thing was birthday cake. Now, birthday cake, this goes back to when um, Andre had cake thrown in his face at his daughter's party and ends up kicking out um, Jen from that party. Libby says throne, which calls back to that. And then Andre went another direction. Andre was like, that's not tasty. It was a very, very bad tasting cake. So Andre had other priorities there. Didn't really care about the drama. More so cared about how the cake was not great. Then the third word was Moldova. If you expected anything negative to happen here, you were wrong. Um, and <laughs> one of them said home. The other one said amazing. Easy done. Then the last one here was babysitter. And obviously, Andre said, bad idea. And after like maybe a three-second pause, Libby said, brilliant. Which, again, we know about their incident where Andre is not a fan of the babysitting idea because he doesn't trust whoever is going to be staying with their child. And Libby wants help with raising the baby and juggling work and all the other things life will throw at you. All right. So then if you think the word game association thing is over, it is not. Then they decide to move it over. Let's talk about some 90 dayers. They want to gauge this word association game with some 90 day fiance cast members mentioned to see what they say. So first one is Colt, or as you might know by listening to this podcast, Colty. And uh, when Colt is mentioned, Libby says funny and Colt, uh, I mean Colt, uh, and then Andre says fat. Which I was like, Andre, that was uncalled for. You shouldn't have done that, buddy. Not good. Not a good look at all. Then it was Nicole of Nicole and Ozen. Um, one went with, uh, what's it called? Libby went with train wreck and Andre went with indecisive. All right. Then it was Jenny of Jenny and Sumit, which this brings us full circle because this is 90 Day Fiance, the other way coverage at the moment. And they both kind of put out a little laugh and Andre said, dreamer. And Libby said hopeful. So they see what we see, pretty much. Very optimistic that Jenny is. All right. 
Now, the last three, and again, this this was a legitimate segment, so it kept going. I was like, when is this going to stop? So the next three that were mentioned uh, were the two siblings and the sister-in-law. And Sean was like, yeah, before we bring them on stage, we're going to ask you about them. Becky. So when Becky is mentioned, Andre says drama queen, and Libby says feisty. Okay, that's not too bad. That's fine. We're, we're in control. The next one's Jen. With zero hesitation. You know how when um, the sorting hat went on top of Draco Malfoy's head within a second, it said Slytherin? That's how quickly Andre let out bitch. Again, they're right there. They're about to come on stage. Andre doing what Andre does best by being very shady and uh, very uncalled for, once again. Uh, and then Libby, in an attempt to fix it, after two seconds of pause, says, in charge. And then Megan is the next one mentioned. Megan, of course, is uh, Charlie's wife, a.k.a. their sister-in-law. And Andre says pimple. And Libby says confused. Again, I, with the way Andre treats all these things and speaks about it, we talked about it at length during Happily Ever After, where I thought I didn't see what Andre was doing as wrong in trying to hustle and earn Chuck's respect and, and, you know, make a dent in the business and learn and pick up stuff, right? He came a long way from when he asked for that 100K. He was actively working for that 100K. But he does do nonsense like this that I don't appreciate, where he kind of gaslights by using words that are more charged, which I do not appreciate. It's funny because I feel like Charlie did something similar, right, to him often. So I don't like that he keeps doing this, but we move, okay? So then they bring on uh, Becky and Jen and Megan. They bring them on to the stage with Andre and Libby to talk some things out. And then Sean mentions, well, people love watching you, hate watching you. And they're like, yeah, they love to hate us. It's like, yep, that, that is why we watch you for only that reason. Um, of that, I'm because you're making us watch you because you're on every season, but that's fine. So then um, what they talk about is, hey, Becky, you weren't at the tell-all. Why is that? And Becky mentioned that she didn't go because she knew it was going to be hard for her and she was going to be upset and she didn't want to make herself upset. So in my head, Becky decided to protect her peace, which I respect. Good for you, Becky. All right. Megan also didn't show up. Uh, And Megan, basically her whole thing during this segment was, I do not understand why we're not friends anymore. I don't understand why I got kicked to the curb. I I was, I've been with Charlie for 20 years. I've been best friends with, um, Jen for 24 years. I don't know why I was cut out. And she, Sean asked her, well, do you support Charlie through what had happened? And Megan says, 100%, I'm backing Charlie. And then she cuts and immediately talks to Jen and says, hey, Jen, you were my best friend for 24 years. Why did you cut me? And they all said the same thing. They're like, you, we did not approve of Charlie's behavior. So we proceeded to distance ourselves from Charlie's behavior, but you're backing him. And then Sean does what Sean does best and says, hey, let's look back at some of the most heated moments over the years with this couple. And there was a bunch of different stuff they showed us here. They showed us um, the start of the drama where um, Andre had first gotten to the States and they were talking about doing a bachelorette party for Libby and they wanted to go to Vegas. And Andre did not want this trip to happen at all. He had no interest. And they were like, Libby, well, what do you say to that? Libby was like, well, I'll only go if if, uh, if um, Andre is approving of this idea. And Andre clearly was not approving of this idea. But anyway, fast forward, the next segment they show is when they're at the bachelorette party 
and they took Libby's phone after she messaged Andre so that they could just spend time with her. And Libby didn't like that. Libby thought that this was now Jen's party and storms out. So that was kind of the sister's beef and all this. The other segments they showed us, obviously, you have seen on this show um, was in Moldova when Charlie and Andre got face to face at the restaurant. Then there was the segment with the barbecue, of course, that we all know about. Uh, so they showed both of those things. And then when they came down to it, they, they, uh, after the segment, they asked them all, like, who started the barbecue fight? Who started the fight for the, uh, the cookout that they had? And basically everyone was like, yeah, Charlie started the fight. And Megan obviously is disagreeing. And they're like, well, Charlie provoked it. She was like, no, no, no. When Charlie came in, I was like, I'm here. Call the cops. It was a joking manner. They're like, no, it was an antagonist manner. And I agree. I think that Charlie came in and started to gaslight a little bit right out the gate. Similarly to what Andre's doing here by calling people the B word and calling the saying pimple for no reason unprompted. It was kind of the same energy uh, from Charlie, but maybe more belligerent from Charlie's side over there. So that is what they mentioned there. Okay. And then they kind of move away from this. And, and 90 day does this during their tell alls where they have a tendency of deciding, all right, we're going to completely move to something different with the same people. So now we're not talking about the fight no more. We're not talking about the family dynamics no more. We're not talking about any of that. We are talking about, hey, Megan, you didn't come to the tell-all, but you were in New York during the tell-all. She's like, yeah. And, and Sean was like, yeah, you, so I hear you have a side hustle that you were working on. Can you tell us about that side hustle? And Megan's like, yeah, well, I've been selling feet picks. And then she's like, feet pics. Yeah, I've been selling feet pics. People like pictures of my feet. So I've been taking pictures of my feet for them. And I, you know, I'm making money. So why not do that? And then Sean tries to prod a little bit more and ask a little bit more about like how it all started. And Megan says, well, I started last. Uh, these three started before me, pointing at obviously Jen, Becky, and Libby. They started before me and they were selling feet pics. And then I started selling feet pics. And this gets Becky. Big mad. Becky got so Becky was like, I did. I've never sold feet pics. If you ever say that again, I will hit you with a lawsuit. So stop saying that. She was not having any of this. She was very upset. Um, and then Sean asks, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Megan, how much money have you been making through these feet pics? And then Megan mentions, well, I've, ma I've made over a thousand a day sometimes selling feet pics. And then Andre, chimes in is like you've been selling more stuff you've been selling more pictures of other stuff and then sean kind of cuts that off and then looks over to the sisters and asks well have any of you sold feed pics jen have you sold feed pics jen says no becky have you sold feed pics becky was like well i already just said that no so no and libby no and then she was like well andre andre was like no and then and, and, and basically let me tell you what the what the um what they are not saying here is that they all, I believe, at some point or another, all four of them have had OnlyFans accounts. And I think that's what all of this is referring to when she's like, well, they started before me, blah, blah, blah. I think the reference is that they started in OnlyFans. Um, specifically, Becky was like, I don't do fee picks. So then anyway, so here, uh, Sean asks, well, have you sold pictures of another body part? And Me uh, Megan was like, yeah, I've sold, I've sold pictures of, you know, uh, my boobs before. And, and at this point, it's important to know that I didn't write this in my notes, but I'm just going to say it so you know that this is happening in the background. 
Andre keeps saying stuff like, well, yeah, you do porno now. You do porno now. So he's like, he's insinuating that she's doing a lot more than she's saying she's doing. Um, again, doing more of the Andre gaslighty thing when it's like, Andre, just shut up and, and, and sit there and you'll be fine. Uh, you are making it very hard for anyone to, to care about anything you say moving forward. Okay. So then, um, Sean continues the weirdness here and goes, yeah, so, um, I think, uh, we have some crew members here who are, who, who have a foot fetish, who are into feet. And Megan's like, ooh. And like, who? Um, and then they're like, oh, Ortiz, is that you? Are you into feet pics? Oh, okay, cool. And, and you like feet? And, and Ortiz put a thumbs up. Uh, because Sean was like, they're telling me to show, f- like, for you to show your feet or something. I was like, what is going on on here? I thought we were here to discuss the family. We're out here talking about feet pics. Okay, whatever. It's cool. It's fine. All right. So then um, uh, while this is happening, we see Becky. So the way they're sitting, it's. In from left to right, it's Jen, Becky, Libby, and Andre. Andre's on like a singular seat, whereas the uh, the three sisters are sharing one big couch. And then she, Becky's whispering something to Libby, and we don't see what it is. We can't we can't hear what it is. The subtitles are not picking it up. And then Sean's like, "Well, would you like to share what you said?" And Becky's like, "No, no, no. Uh, Libby will share what I said." And this all happens because they started talking about how Andre didn't start from the bottom and work from the bottom, whatever. And Libby was like, well, it's funny that we're talking about starting from the bottom when Charlie didn't start from the bottom. Charlie was given what he has from dad. And then that doesn't go anywhere. You'd, you'd imagine after this is, this happens, a shouting match will happen or they'll talk about it more. No, no, no. Sean has all the plans. Sean was like, okay. Uh, we're going to do something different here. We're going to do a real estate challenge to see which one of you would be the best at real estate since you're all talking about it. So then the real estate challenge, they kind of set up a stage similar to like a Jeopardy or something with three booths. The three booths are occupied by Megan, Becky, and Andre. Okay. And they got them these like yellow real estate jackets to wear. And it's basically a question game. And there's five categories to choose from economics, science, math, vocabulary, true or false. Now, ladies and gentlemen, when I said earlier, um, this is not a work of fiction. This is why. L- remember where we started this portion and what we were talking about and how we got to a game show all of a sudden. Okay. So I'll quickly go through these questions for you. The true or false question was attractive real estate agents make more money than non-attractive real estate agents. True or false? Answer was true. Everyone got a point. And the next question was, uh, Andre picked math. <laughs> and the math question was, most modern toilets use how many gallons of water for each flush? Um, Beck, uh, Megan went with two gallons. Becky said one to two. And Andre said six gallons. Answer was 1.6. Becky gets a point. So now Becky's in the lead. Then the next wor- uh, portion they picked was vocabulary. And the question was, what's a fluffer? And Megan and Becky answered it correctly, which was staging, uh, staging a real estate property. And then Andre said some, some that didn't count. So they both got a point. So it was two to three to one. Becky still in the lead. And then they did a math question that I missed a little bit of it. But basically, they gave them a number. And they're like, what would the down payment be for this amount for a house? Andre got the closest. So it was two, three, two. Then the next question was an economics question. And the economics question was, here's a listing. This is how many bedrooms it has, how many bathrooms, how much square footage, and which city it's in. How much would this place cost? And 
This one Andre got right, so he tied it up with Becky. So then they did a second listing question. Um, and Andre got that one right and Andre won. And they gave him this big ass, like, wooden key necklace thing that said sold on it that he had to wear. An oversized key was what he won. And that wrapped up their segment. After that, Andre and Libby stuck around and they met with, um, they brought on one of the cat, one of the, the couples from, Love in Paradise, the Caribbean, which I still haven't watched. And I know I've mentioned on this pod that I would like to do a small recap segment at the end. Uh, not fulfilled that promise yet. I will, I will definitely be doing that at some point. This will be a good practice for, um, for me. This is the first time. Let me just say this is the first time I've ever done a solo audio portion to a podcast before. Like obviously I do live streaming. Twitch.tv slash Puya. I do live streaming where I, I'm essentially talking, but then I have a chat there to bounce off of. I'm doing this solo. So if this was awkward or anything, please give me pointers. Give me tips on, on what you like, you didn't like. That would help me for sure. But that wraps up season two, episode one of 90 Day Bears All as far as stuff that's linked to what we're doing here. Some other stuff that went on in the show to give you an example of how wacky the bears all really is they brought the other couple on they talked about them some stuff they showed them they talked a lot about butts and then they did a dance battle between andre and libby and the other couple and it was a limbo battle so they had a limbo pole and they did a limbo it was a whole thing and then paula of paula and russ fame for those of you who may have watched older 90 day fiance seasons um paula came on and talked about how she's found a new passion and is now working as a professional wrestler. And then they brought another wrestler on to like one-on-one her. It was wild. Okay. It was absolutely wild, but um, definitely if you're interested in nine day bears, all you can get that through discovery. Plus, I believe that's the only way because of all the uncensored content they put out there. Um, but yeah, that wraps this up. Now, if you've made it this far into the podcast, I know you're a real one. I know you're listening. I appreciate you. Let me tell you who the guest is for next week. I will be joined by Chappelle next week to talk about, 90 Day Fiance, The Other Way, Season 3, Episode 4. I'm saying that like it's an exclusive. I actually don't remember if I've said it anywhere else. So if this was a fake exclusive, I'm sorry. Um, but I don't think I've said it. So we'll go with that for now. Thank you so much for checking us out. Now we've reached the destination. We had a pit stop earlier on the Hot Mess Express. Now we've reached the destination. You can find me on Twitter at Puyaism. You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Puya. And then for the podcast I'm involved in, the Mass Singer wrap-up will be live real soon. The feed will be kicked back up to preview the new costumes that we've seen. I think 13 costumes live right now. Mainly, I'm going to talk through all of them. We're going to do a draft, and then we're going to watch uh, Holy Moly 3D and 2D, at least the premiere, to thank you for all the reviews you left there. So that'll be on the preview episode of the Mass Singer Season 6 podcast. Let me check that out. And... uh Big Brother still going strong. I'll be doing, as I, as I mentioned during this podcast, I'm doing the live feed updates, obviously, Friday mornings, 11 a.m. Eastern. And then I will be doing the uh, double eviction recap this week. Thank you so much. If you would like to leave a rating and review and tell me, hey, Puya, you're talking too much. Stop talking. You can do that at robinsonwebsite.com slash 90 day fiance as the number nine, number zero day fiance. But no, in all seriousness, I appreciate all feedback that is put in there. Five star reviews are appreciated. Four star three, whatever you put in there. I read all of them and I try and learn and do better with the, my craft and what I'm doing here. So I do appreciate anything you have to say to me. And please let me know what you thought. And this one, reach out to me for Twitter on this one, potentially, at Puyism. Let me know what you thought of this um, solo session at the end. Because I do anticipate more of these coming, especially with Bears All being as wild as it is. 
So I just want to know um, what I can do to fix it, get it better, you know, all those good things. But until next time, take care, stay hydrated. And remember, when you play the real estate game, got to know how much to flush or how much gallons takes to flush. All right. Bye, everyone. <laughs>